welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey, and welcome to the Zephyr Podcast Sessions. We're back again this week, and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to be joined by John Shafley of FIP. Hey, John, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. It's uh, it's, it's a bit windy today, but yeah, we're getting better. Um, John, please uh, introduce yourself, your role, and uh, uh, who you work for. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is John Shafley. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer and Head of Global Partnerships for an association called FIP. Uh, FIP is a uh, legacy magazine association founded nearly 100 years ago now. Obviously, uh, that shape of that business has changed fundamentally over the last decade. Uh, and we now represent the creators of quality content, wherever those creators come from. So whilst a lot of our members are still sort of legacy magazine publishers, um, we also have the likes of Red Bull. We're talking to supermarket chains and everybody's a media company uh, now right so everyone's a creative content so there's the lines are very very blurred and um what does what does fit do we we bring together uh, let's call it media companies for the for the description we bring together media companies to share their experience share their pain to learn and inform and we introduce them to technology and people like zephyr and uh, to solutions to help them monetize their content and we do that or we did that in two ways well we still do it in two ways just differently we did we do that in two ways we do it through our, our newsletters and our digital and social channels uh where we have a lot of sort of actionable insight with white papers and downloads and thought leadership pieces and how to's and stuff and we do it with our face-to-face events or did it with our face-to-face events and with those we have uh we have they they, they fall into three strands the two major ones are the uh, what we call the DIS, which is a Digital Innovators Summit, which is at the end of March uh, every year in Berlin. I think it's a, it was going to be in its 12th year. We had to postpone it because it was the end of March. Um, we missed our window by a couple of weeks. I think we could have snuck under, but uh, but we didn't. And and the major one is the Fit World Congress, which we run now annually. Uh, and that was due to be in uh, Estoril and Portugal, just outside Lisbon this September. But we've had to pivot which we're going to talk about on, on on that one and the third thing we do is uh, is quite an interesting thing it's it, it's called we call it fip insider and again these have been physical events but the first virtual one we're running at the end of june and, and fip insider is where we go to a market or a region uh, where we as a business want to get deeper engagement uh, with the publishing sector and and we we they're sponsored events they're half day free to attend events and we have a local speaker international speaker somebody from innovation um and and the sponsor and and so we try and marry that it, it, it's a cost neutral activity but they're really interesting things to do we've been to Buenos Aires and Chile we've been all over the world really doing it and and we were planning to run one in New Zealand and Australia at the end of this month sadly I won't be going there now um mm-hmm. but we're going to be running those virtually so that's the first time that we will run a sort of event if you like virtually so anyway that's a brief summary of what we what we do and how we do it no and it's really good obviously to to hear that kind of high level summary uh, I, I never realized it was 100 years it's amazing that's, that's such a I think it was 1924 i should probably know exactly but i think it was 19 i think a couple of french guys got drunk in a bar and decided to work together and then didn't do anything and then a couple of years later they invited a spanish guy and it sort of grew from there and uh, 
this year was to be the well this year will be the 43rd FIP Congress so and wow. every other year so you know it's it's got a it's got a long history and a long legacy but like all media companies you know we've 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 had to adapt and change over over well more than the last decade really not quite as much as we've had to adapt and change in the last 12 weeks but and that's and that's exactly what i was going to ask right um we we we've seen this huge change um in the last 12 weeks you just mentioned the digital innovation summit which was uh penciled in for the well i guess more than penciled in for the end of march and then suddenly um along comes coronavirus this this world pandemic how initially how did that affect you well, I suppose, I suppose like a lot of people in the early stages, we sort of, um, we were rabbits in the headlights and thought, what do we do? You know, do we go ahead? Do we, you know, what we were trying to play God and predict when countries would lock down and what people's restrictions would be. And of course, you know, it, it, it feels like we've been living this for years now, but, but it has only been a banner of weeks. So it became very evident in early March, really, um, I can't even remember the date. It probably was pretty soon before. It was probably probably around the 9th or 10th of March. Yeah. It was pretty clear that we that we weren't going to be able to run it. Um, and I think, first of all, we were thinking very commercially. We were thinking about the downside of that. And, and then that, that, that did change quite quickly to a sort of responsible a responsibility as well. And we suddenly thought, well, hold on a minute, you know, forget the event. We can't be asking a lot of people to jump on planes, get into a, you know, 600 people in a room. Yeah. And then we, and then we, the next sort of smack in the mouth of reality was, well, they wouldn't come anyway. So, we, you know, we've, we've, we've got to do the right thing and we've got to, we've got to postpone it. So we decided to postpone it um, rather than cancel it, just to really give us some time to see how things unfolded. And as we all know, you know, things have unfolded rapidly and, and are changing, you know, weekly, if not daily. So has this changed the mindset for FIP? Obviously, you had a focus on these, these kind of three key events over your year has this this changed your approach to things yeah I mean, completely um i mean you know the, the, the script was torn up and thrown out the window along with the budget um so we 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 scratched our heads about 10 weeks ago and uh, the first thing we decided to do was to test virtual events now you know the reality is that it, it, it's something that we talked about for years and years but um, you know being an association with we don't have an enormous amount of bandwidth and you know we we have tremendous global reach we've got we've got a, a really high-end audience and we have touch points genuine touch points all over the world and and and, and you know huge relationships globally but we're a tiny little company you know in, in reality and, and we're non-for-profit effectively so we've not just not had the bandwidth to, to be able to explore uh, things like virtual events and uh, and of course <laughs> yeah all of a sudden that's all we had so we we didn't even have a Zoom account, and we got a Zoom account on on the Friday, I think, and we started marketing a webinar uh, with a chap called Gillian in New York for the Monday, and uh, James uh, James Hughes, who's the chief executive president, um, got his kids to set up a few boxes behind him in his office at home and hung a, hung a literally and hung a bed sheet over it with a with a fit T-shirt strategically placed, showing the logo, you know, and and <laughs> and cut to next scene you know, in a matter of weeks, it looks like a TV studio now. And um, they've been really, really successful. I think we've had over 2000 people. Wow. Register, and we've run 10 or 11. And we've managed to run some commercial ones as well, which we've monetized, uh, which which has been uh, and, and quite a few four or five commercial ones. And uh, so and, and you know, typically, we're getting something between 120 and 400 people um, tuning in. And we learned a lot through that. And um, like everybody, 
we've probably all watched webinars. We've definitely all been on Zoom, if not spent all day on it, or Microsoft Teams or whatever. And what we learned very, very quickly was that the presentation format was less engaging, the drop-off. The, the, the great thing about anything that's virtual or digital is you've got actionable insights straight yeah. away, you know. Basically, if it's crap and boring, people just switch off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, what we, what we found was the fireside chat approach where it's a combination of um, slides and some presentation, but much more interactive, um, really worked. And, and our drop-off rates have been very, very low. So we've been very pleased. And actually, one of the commercial webinars which we ran with Press Reader is the one that's, that, that had the most sign-up from, from all Amazing. of them. So, um, so, yeah, so we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. And that, 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 that's, that's good to see that kind of uh, quick pivot, so to speak, and uh, so quick to go from there and, and how creative you've been within that. Uh, and obviously people, uh, if you're listening, do go and check out fit.com. I think it's slash pages slash webinars. There's, there's some great ones coming up, how to communicate virtually. And uh, also going to look at uh, how the big issue have pivoted, uh, obviously with that uh, unexpected uh, crisis and obviously all their street vendors have, uh, have uh, uh, unfortunately been taken off the streets, uh, so to speak. Um, so that they've had to pivot very quickly. So do go and check those out and sign up on on the FIP website. But um, it's it's been a a huge transition for you, and obviously that that that's going to affect, I guess, your revenue going forward as well. Because maybe your, your World Congress, right? It's virtual now. This opens it up globally, right? People don't have to travel into the event now. Does that mean you're going to get more signups, more interest? Did, do you think? Ah, uh, look, logic tells me that we're going to. We haven't done it yet, but I mean, I, I, I would, I would um, pin my flag to the fact that we definitely are. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so. So we've looked at what other um, what associations and businesses have done, and in our humble opinion, companies that have tried to attempt to run the virtual event in the same time frame as the physical one, so you know, or, or similar, so a two day physical event they're running as a three day virtual event. You know, we've seen tremendous drop off, very little attention in the third day. I mean, I'm generalizing, of course, because that's because yeah. it's very different. And so we took the we took the um, we took the route that we're going to run ours over four weeks. So we're running it for the whole month of September as a sort of festival of content. And the reason we're doing that is that um, it gets slightly more complicated because we had the DIS. We had a whole lot of sponsors and, and, and more importantly, a whole lot of delegates that had already booked and paid and had their flights booked. So we, you know, we had a choice. We cancel that event and we refund everyone their money, which obviously no business wants to do, no. uh, um, or we give them an option. So the option that we've given is that we're running uh, the Congress for a month and there's three streams to that. And one of those is a DIS stream. Mm-hmm. One is the World Congress content. And there's a lot of overlap with that because, because everything is, 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 you know, is, is digital, obviously. Um, but the difference with the Congress is that, it, that you know, we do have a lot more representation from China and Japan and Korea and Asia and South America, which we wouldn't necessarily have at the DIS. And then we're running the commercial screen, uh, stream, which is WMM, World Media Marketplace, which is a well-established brand, which uh, FIP has run for many years. Um, and, and that and the legacy there is that that was the licensing and syndication brand. So that, you know, FIP, one of FIP's main jobs is to help people do international business. And... And WMM did that. And in its, yeah. in its first sort of iteration, um, James, who's the CEO, was at the BBC and ran Top Gear and BBC Good Food and Radio Times and such like. So he was a, he was a great user of FIP. So he would come to FIP, you know, in 2005 or whenever it was and 
say, you know, I want to launch Top Gear in Vietnam. Who do I go and speak to? And we and, and we help them do that. So so that's the third stream, and that's where all the commercial stuff is going to is going to sit. And the reason we're doing it over a month is is that we're only having two or three sessions a day, so people can come in and they can pick over that month. You know, in reality, five or six things they want to listen to, maybe more, maybe less. But also, it's all obviously all being recorded, and that will that will stay. Uh, live for three months and then we'll go behind um, our paywall with you uh, on our member site um, so and, and the commercial sessions uh, I think the question was about revenue so sorry long-winded just explain yeah, what the no, concept is first so the revenue model is that we have 32 webinar slots um, one of which obviously is you guys and um, these will take the format of the web of the style that we've run the webinars to date because they've been very successful so they, they are going to be fine i mean they can be whatever a client wants but i mean we urge it to be a case study or mm-hmm. and more of a fireside chat with some with some presentations so and then we're gonna we're gonna drill down much more in the delegate registration process uh, exactly what people's levels of interest are so if somebody is interested in in paywalls or gateways then we would direct them to your session um yep. as, a, as a live thing and and equally we would give you their details so and, and we're running all of this in a in a sorry i'm going rather fast but we're running all of this in a um in an environment called deal room okay deal room is something we've been using for some time and deal room is a physical thing and a virtual thing so it's an online diary system which which allows uh Delegates, delegate to delegate or, or delegate to vendor allows anybody that's uh, a registered uh, delegate to one of our events to ask to meet any other person uh, who's, who, who's a delegate. Now, that normally happens in a physical area on the ground in the expo. That will all now be virtual. But um, I think the real opportunity for people with the virtual event is that it'll, it really will drive lead gen a lot more potentially than a physical one. No, absolutely. And uh, that's kind of, it's good to understand and to see that obviously you're trying to replicate that and and kind of recognize that people attend events, as you say, for different reasons, right? Are are they they going for networking? Are they going to attend as a delegate? Are they they attending to learn something new for their business? Are they attending because they're a vendor giving a keynote, whatever that might be? There's lots of different reasons and obviously... Um, understanding why people are attending that event is key to making the, the the virtual event side of things work. So Deal Room, for example, is a great uh, kind of example there. It's a feature of one of your events, which um, I guess for vendors, uh, such as, for example, Zephyr, if I was at the event, that would be great for me, right? It's a networking opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, Rep- replicating that in the virtual environment is key to you getting the value for the vendors or for the uh the people that want those networking opportunities be them searching for a job or whatever that might be when they're at these events so that, that that's really good to to understand with regards to obviously virtual events do you think that'll ever go back to just physical or do you think now virtual and kind of webinars and all this is is key to to fit growing in the future <laughs> I think it'll have to be. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the million dollar question. I I was watching Robert Peston about a month ago on his Wednesday night program and he signed off by saying, can we all, and this was, this was a few weeks ago, at least a month ago. And um, he said, can we all remember what it used to be like? And I think that's a good question. And and I I suppose the counter to that is that when we come out of this, whatever this is and whatever the new, new is, will we click back into the old ways very, very quickly? And will we not be able to remember what it's like now? I'm not sure. I think I think that since 
says that, you know, on a personal level, I think we'll all behave slightly differently. Um, I think we've all reevaluated our lives a little bit as we've had to, you know, we're probably I won't spend so much money going out uh, <laughs> as I did. Um, and I think that with, uh, with, with, with travel, if I'm honest, I mean, we, uh, myself, James and, and, and my other colleague, Cobus, we, we, well, all of us do, but particularly the three of us travel all the time. We're, we're half the year on a plane. Uh, and I think just from a personal point of view, we'll sit there and evaluate a bit more, like, do I really need to go to this place? Now, I think that, I think there's a massive, massive need for face-to-face -face interactivity and, you know, the socialising and the networking part. And I don't think you can replace that online. So I think that will always be there. But I think, it, I think it'll be more of a mix. And a lot will depend on successes. So, you know, it's all very well me waxing lyrical about the Congress in September, but if nobody comes and nobody sponsors it, then, then it'll be a failure. So, but, I, you know, people are sponsoring it now and people are attending. So I think it's going to be fine, but, you know, we won't, we won't really know how that, how that looks. And arguably from a revenue point of view, if we, you know, not going into the detail of our budget, but if we achieve the budget, which we're setting out to do, the contribution won't be very dissimilar to a physical event where, where the turnover is significantly greater because we've just got no associated costs um, or very few associated costs and those there are very low. So I don't know. I, I, I think the world will change. In short, I think the answer is yes, it will definitely make a difference, but no, it will not replace physical events. No, that's good to understand. If you had any key learnings that you could give to someone and you say, learn from learn from this and if you maybe maybe you had two key learnings that you were going to give to give to people from this what would it be and why i think uh, i think from a personal point of view uh the way you run your life is vital keep your headspace right uh mental health um you know is 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 a massive issue this time and something which was starting to be a bit more openly discussed pre-pandemic and certainly will be now so i mean i tend to run my day the way it suits me other than other than things that i'm invited to i plan things that work for me obviously i'm dealing with the states so i'm doing stuff uh, in the evenings quite often if i want to go out for a walk for a couple of hours in the afternoon with the dogs i do so uh, keep moving around you know all, all that sort of stuff and i think that's really really that, that that's probably one more important than the work bits really and in terms of in terms of key learning with with um with work, I think it's just it's just experiment, you know, experiment and try and get on with stuff. And 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 the great opportunity now is that you can turn things around so quickly. You know, if I was if I was twelve weeks out from a congress and you know we had the levels of activity that we have now, you know, you'd just be giving up and putting the plug. But I I, I foresee that most of the activity and engagement with congress will come in August. You know, it'll come the month beforehand because. And also because of the level of uncertainty. So I think there's a huge opportunity and, and um, th 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 it's not a time for, you know, it's just not a time for, for sitting back and, uh, and thinking too much. You've got to try stuff and got to, uh, and got to get on with it. And I think people are really receptive as well. You know, people still want to do business. And whilst people are sort of saying my budgets are frozen, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I think that'll all change over the coming weeks. It's just nobody knows what's happening. That's the, that's the problem. But nobody's spent any money as well, right? So... I think most companies sit in two, you know, sit in two areas. You're either in a in a in a solution space where where you're suddenly significantly more desirable because people have got time to think about what they're doing, like like you guys are bluntly, you know, because because everybody has to think about their membership, their subscription models, their engagement, their gateways. 
uh, or you're or you're in a very different type of business. And I, I, I won't pick on um, vendor solutions in our space, but you know, you're running a pub, right? In yeah. which case, you've got your business is decimated, um, or you're running an airline. Which- and there's still there's still an unknown there, isn't there? When when that's going to? I I got an email off Virgin Atlantic yesterday saying we're going to fly to New York in July. Oh, okay, that's great, but. Is New York going to be a good place to go in July? We don't know. No one knows and when that's going well, to I think be. You could probably make a second call on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Absolutely. And and obviously, yeah, seeing the, um, uh, for example, seeing, I think there was a, uh, a an article that came out, um, is it Andrew Neal at the, the Spectator wrote uh, yeah. uh, an article the other day that they are giving back the government furlough because they obviously expected their business model to be decimated where actually subscriptions has as, um, in- increased it's great for them they've got a kind of recurring revenue now from their consumer revenue side of the business which has actually which means that they can give back the money to the government from the furlough scheme um and it, I, I just thought that was a good thing to do like it, it, they they've seen that actually their predictions yeah uh were that they were going to be uh that their, their ad businesses were going to be decimated but what they've done they obviously they've pivoted they put their put the drive on their their premium content they've put the drive onto their subscriptions well i think that's i think that's a key i used to work at the spectator i used to work for actually and uh you know I, I, it, it is it, it does come down to things that we've been saying all the time which is all about quality content right i mean look at the new york times subscriptions going through the roof we have an international committee um which we've got a virtual meeting of next week or the week after and we have one about a month ago and um again people from all over the world and ad revenues were down 50 percent one person said over 90 percent but their entire market is in uh is in sport and and, and 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 cars and effectively so you know those two markets obviously decimated but almost without exception one exception uh, everybody was was showing triple digit growth in subscriptions yeah. so you know if if, if you're and equally, you, you sadly see the demise of some titles, which 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 clearly are just not key. And you've got you've got a lot of sort of newsstand stuff at fifty p with competitions and people just aren't buying. Uh, and and sadly, a lot of those have just disappeared overnight. But I think if you're producing quality content, you know, and you're the spectator, then 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 again, there's a real there's a real opportunity. Uh, and and we certainly see that from all our members around the world. And that's good to hear, and that's good to see, and obviously. Uh... Hopefully, this is slowly coming to an end. Whenever that end will be, we do not know. But the, the it, well, it's, you know, I mean, it, I mean, genuinely, it sits very well with businesses like yourself. I mean, we've we've recently uh, recently engaged uh, Zephyr, obviously, with you to uh, to, uh, to to look at our, all of our systems because it's made us review our membership model and it's, and it's made us review our uh, our whole proposition and what we're offering people and made us realise we're giving too much away and. And that you know you've got to charge for you've got to charge for content because it costs to create. And in a, in a world when you can't monetize that through advertising in the same way, you you have to reevaluate your business model. Absolutely, John. You could work for us. Look, look at that. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, so a couple of uh, last minute like random questions I like to throw in at the end. So uh, pretend this is over and we we finally get to go back to that that pub down the road right that country pub or whatever that might be i think you're in a in a posh area so let's pretend it's a country pub um so um we go to the bar and uh we're ordering a drink what's your go-to drink of choice guinness guinness how easy is that that was very well yeah pretty much it's more winter thing cider summer guinness in the winter red wine in the evening 
There we go. Look at that. So Guinness in the morning. Um, and uh, we're cur- curating a uh, a playlist of some feel good music to kind of get us through this. What would be your song of choice to add to that playlist? Oh wow, that's quite. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I listen to a very different array of music. Um, I'd have to think on that one. No worries. Look, it's absolutely fine. Look, John, absolute pleasure to have you on the Zephyr podcast sessions. Thank you very much. How do people get in touch with you if they want to uh, chat more? Uh, You can contact me at john at fip.com. Look at that. And go and check out the FIP website for uh, any more information on their their World Congress, their webinars, their events. And uh, if you're you're in the publishing media world, go and get a membership as well. You could come and work for us. (laughs) Great organization. Look, John, pleasure. Speak soon. Indeed. Thanks very much. Cheers.